there from a child into manhood, being taught by my father the elder mysteries, until in time there grew within the fire of wisdom, until it burst into a consuming flame. Not desired I, but the attainment of wisdom, until on a great day the command came from the dweller of the temple that I be brought before him. Few there were among the children of men who had looked upon that mighty face and lived, for not as the sons of men are the children of light when they are not incarnate in a physical body. Chosen was I from the sons of men, taught by the dweller so that his purposes might be fulfilled, purposes yet unborn in the womb of time. Long ages I dwelt in the temple, learning ever and yet ever more wisdom, until I, too, approached the light emitted from the great fire. Taught me he, the path to Amenti, the underworld where the great king sits upon his throne of might. Deep I bowed in homage before the lords of life and the lords of death, receiving as my gift the key of life. Free was I of the halls of Amenti, bound not by death to the circle of life. Far to the stars I journeyed until space and time became as naught. Then, having drunk deep of the cup of wisdom, I looked into the hearts of men, and there found I greater mysteries and was glad. For only in the search for truth could my soul be stilled, and the flame within be quenched. Down through the ages I lived, seeing those around me taste the cup of death and return again in the light of life. I've always had a sense that there was something awry in society. I couldn't quite pinpoint what that was, but the interaction with other children seemed to give off some sort of indication that a superiority complex was damaged and in play and wanting more. Some sort of greed that I couldn't explain. And so for a very long time, I didn't talk very much because I couldn't explain it myself. And then, as the years grew on, I started to pick up language and was entangled in the same mire as the rest of humanity. At age seven, I believe I had a realization that I would have to work my entire life and have to go to school. And I didn't like this. I went to my mother and I said, 
can I just quit school now so I can enjoy my life and I won't have to be entangled in the prison that is our society? And my mom looked at me and said, no, no, you can't do that. It's not allowed. It's uh, not even an option. And so I went to my bedroom crying in tears. And I went into some sort of deep space that I kind of forgot about. And when I awoke, I remembered something really valuable about life. And that's that nothing really matters. And I mean that in a good way. It was like you matter so much that no matter what you do, everything's going to be okay and blissful. And once I realized this, I didn't quite care if I went to school or if I would have to work my entire life. It was some sort of mystical eschaton experience for my seven-year-old child self. And so when my father came home from work, he was distressed, as always, because he had to work for a living, and he had to make money. And when he, every time he would come home, he would not be in a good mood, because he just worked a job. And anyone who works a job, usually they, they seem uh, somewhat stressed out, unless it's a job they enjoy. And so when he came home, I wanted to tell him of my mystical experience. And as soon as he came home, I was excited. I said, Dad, look, we, you, we don't have to, we are always good and stuff like that. And it was incomprehensible. I didn't have the lexicon that I do now. I wish I would have that experience again. So I can explain it to the in the podcast form and he just didn't want to hear it so he sat down and told me to shut up and knock it off as he would say and I wouldn't knock it off I kept on following him and saying everything's gonna be good everything's gonna be okay and my state of being was blissful ecstatic and his was in the negative mindset so much so that I kept on talking and eventually he took out his belt and started to whip me and he would whip me often my father wasn't the role model of a father in this day and age but he would whip me and I would feel no pain because I was in this ecstatic state. I would feel no pain. And I kept on talking. I kept on trying to say what I wanted to say. And he kept on whipping me. And eventually, he whipped so much, he got tired of whipping me. And I got tired of telling him the truth of the matter. And so I went up into my room. And he just stood there. Sitting down with a, the, a cigarette in his hand, probably. And we didn't discuss it for at least 20 years, hence. 
But since that day, I lost that state of being that very moment. And I never quite reached the pinnacle of a lasting ecstatic state. But I have reached states that have been pretty ecstatic. And it was a mystical experience for me to know that that light can be spread. And then many years went on and nothing really happened in my life. I would went go to school and I would lock myself in the video game world. And I would say, this is my world now. In the video game world, I am free. I am free to be the hero, to go on adventures, to easily acquire money, and have ascended powers and all that kind of cool stuff. And that's all I would do is go to school and half-ass all my work so I could play video games quicker. And every time I would play the video games, I would get so involved in it that my emotions would run through the video game instead of my real life. My real life would just be a dull, boring mess. And the video game life would have all the emotional content stored within it. Anger, happiness, sadness, and joy. And so it was like being lost in the virtual reality, of which now I still continue to create video games in the hopes of allowing some sort of consciousness expansion to happen for those children now that are trapped in those virtual worlds. And so I have a, some sort of positive uh, uh, present from that day. But that would be my life. And I would play World of Warcraft and I've spent a whole summer trying to get Grand Marshal with a gang of thieves. And they would help me get to Grand Marshal or something like that. And I would get to Field Marshal and then they would leave me dry off the hook. And so I learned that, that you know, status and position doesn't really matter. In a video game, of course. And then I would play the SOCOM... And I would play with uh, all kinds of people from around the world. And we would be the Gang of Thieves. Just uh, indiscriminately murdering people in our video game. Yeah, that's what you do in video games. It's weird that we teach people to kill other people in a video game. And sort of society sort of reflects that kind of adversarial reactionism towards everything that happens it's sort of like a who will win kind of scenario and it's not good it's not cooperative it's not the natural basis of our humanity which is that of cooperation and love you only get a small piece of it like being a part of a tribe or a or a family. Sure, you'll get love, but it's limited. It's limited to your tribe or family. And so if you put them on a pedestal beyond all the rest of humanity, it's disconnective and it's disintegrative and separative. And it causes violence. It causes violence to happen between nations 
on the macro scale and uh, points of view. And then I would play other games. I would record my World of Warcraft, put video out there, and it would get like two, it got two hundred thousand views, and it was the, my fifteen minutes of fame that will never come again. Where I got two hundred thousand views for a, a World of Warcraft virtual little music video of me fighting people and acting all cool and tough. And then I got my apartment. And when I got my apartment, I discovered documentaries. And documentaries exposed corruption in the real world. And I didn't realize there was a real world at this point in my life. I was busy in the virtual world. There was corruption. There was people being exploited. There was secret societies doing secretive things, and then I learned about occultism. And then I learned about Alan Watts and Zen. And I realized there's a spiritual quality to this world that has, for whatever reason, not been taught in educational systems. And I didn't know why. And things seemed pretty grim more grim than I realized when I was a child that sort of sense of adversarialness that I've saw in other people this ego this wanting to be more and not being able to get it so lashing out in the world I saw that had a spiritual purpose and I didn't know what that the full meaning of it was and um, so I continued my studies and I discovered occultism and all kinds of ancient civilizations and conspiracies and extraterrestrials and channeling, all kinds of information. And then I learned meditation. And at the time I was smoking the plant medicine cannabis. But I was abusing it. And I was meditating and just doing that. Every day I was just watching a documentary or some sort of audiobook, listening to some sort of audiobook or lecture. And then I would smoke weed and meditate. And I discovered all kinds of toxins in our foods. And my whole world opened up. And now I started to take a small. Uh, water test of reality of the real really real reality which I didn't know what it was and so at night I would start receiving visions crazy visions blood was raining in one of these visions a uh, massive uh, locusts was in another vision extraterrestrial life would come out my window and start sucking my soul energy or something. Something like that. With a sad imp face. And then weird, uh, kind of cartoonish life forms would be around me. With their sexuality all near me. I don't know how else to explain it.
And then, of course, I received a very beautiful astral projection where blue light entity would say to me, if you have any questions, feel free to ask. Dancing around. And I was too afraid to journey into the that realm for very long because it was super conscious. I was there in in a more real body than this one. And so I had many visions. I had a vision of a ghost. I had a very, uh, what I would call negative, disassociative, perhaps schizophrenic thoughts that would lead me into realms of great darkness in book Codex Solus that I wrote, I called it The Complete Night. A sort of virtual world where you, it was just pure torture and drudgery forever, as far as the eye could see. And that's sort of the, what I got from reading all kinds of weird stuff on the internet. All kinds of strange um, Gnostic viewpoints. Now, Gnostic, not in the ancient Gnostic viewpoint, but in the new age Gnostic viewpoint, where it's basically like we're trapped in the material world and there's no escape from it except for, I don't know, just to know about it. They're, they, they, they're never clear about how to break free it always seems like you just have to know about that you're trapped here and there's no escape so i learned about this and it racked my brain and my pineal gland began to break open it started to be very painful and the visions would enter and flood my purview and i was stuck at certain points they brought me to mental hospitals and that made things not better, but worse. As my worldview started to dim even further. Dim and dim it went. And when I got out, I continued to gather more knowledge. And I'd go to these websites, and one of them was, I'll just say, not the full name, but it was called Fringe. And it was a forum for mystical people, occult people, and xenophobic people. People you probably wouldn't want to spend very much time interacting with. But I had to because I felt like I was the only beacon of light on there that was trying to integrate everybody, uh, humanity, into a singular goal of enlightenment. And of course that was the subtext of the forum, was some sort of enlightenment but the enlightenment was distorted it was distorted into gaining more power and gaining more ability in the world in spite of others which is just like the ego game advanced to the next level so it wasn't very fun and so i spent time on there with those people, very xenophobic, very segregative, trying to spread my wisdom of love and light, 
and it didn't really work. There was this one time I someone posted an image of a magical sigil, and I kind of looked at it, and it literally gave me a headache just looking at it. I don't know what that was about. But as soon as uh, that sigil came up, it was deleted from the forum. So, um, these people weren't playing around. And there was a lot of that kind of information that I was looking at on the on websites. And it really was very challenging for my pineal gland to kind of uh, gather space. And then I continued my journeys and I found Eckhart Tolle's book, Power of Now. And uh, that really helped me realize what control of energy was all about. It was about me. It was about my ability to be conscious in spite of anything. Not in spite of people or not in spite of anything, but just because that's who I want to be is in ecstasy. And then I discovered Barry Long, Bashar, and um, all the other mystics, Ramana Maharashi. Of course, anyone Alan Watts has ever mentioned, Terrence McKenna and the Psychedelic Journey, Ram Dass, um, Thoth the Atlantean, uh, Bodhidharma, Huang Po, Buddha, Krishna, Lao Tzu, Chuang Tzu, and a, and a number of other ones I'm forgetting. And a lot of channeled material, like Seth and Abraham and all. Christian Gnosticism. Christian mysticism, Sufism, like Rumi, you know, gathered and attempted to integrate all of this wisdom. Realized, wow, this thing is greater than I've ever imagined. And it keeps going and, and all these teachers say different things. And a lot of them say the same thing, which is great because then I can have a foot in all the worlds. But a lot of them say different things and have different ways of going about enlightenment. Some say just blank your mind out, go into the void, do void meditation, or just kind of like observe your mind. Some are saying like, no, just follow your passion and whatever, it's automatic. Just do your passion. Some say all kinds of stuff, spin in circles, uh, breathing exercise, fasting, uh, you know, now they have teachers that are like, go extreme, go into the ice, go into the snow, go into the fires and have the external experience, all kinds of lessons and teachings. And I did them all. And a lot of them I didn't do because it was so complex. I didn't want to take that jump. A lot of stuff in magic is very ritualized. And you have to have a lot of memory. And I learned about Freemasonry and secret societies where they learn all this and they learn all the rituals. And I suppose it sort of activates spots in the brain or in the consciousness which allows 
one to as a type of symbol for one's consciousness or a permission slip to be more of oneself. And so finally, I came across the chasm of complete night into a more stabilized, blissful sense of reality most of the time where I realized I had a sort of foothold on mysticism and I wasn't drowning in the seas of schizophrenia in the negative sense of the word. Not too. Not that schizophrenia is a bad thing. But let's say confusement. Instead <laughs> of enlightenment. And I was able to channel my energies towards constructive work in uh, writing animation, and game design, as well as I was able to meditate and receive pleasant visions, beautiful visions of angelic life forms, pleasant uh, locations of somewhere off-world or in the past or something, and messages of love and gratitude towards me being on planet earth which i imagine if you're on planet earth someone out there is grateful for your service because planet earth is not easy it's what they call a master class it's mastering all our limitations and all our suffering and trauma being aware of all of that and still being in the ecstasy and bliss. And we're going through a challenging time right now. We're going through it. The thick of it. And it might not last much longer. But I'm not really good at predictions. I've never actually made a successful prediction. I'm kind of like trying to do that right now on Twitter. But anyway. I believe we're almost through the thick of it where we're literally at each other's throats just for a just for a choice we make in a medical sense or or all the other reasons that are already added on to uh, humanity's woe and so once we get through this Maybe it'll be easier to communicate. And I never wanted to communicate in podcast form or writing or any of that stuff. I always wanted to be silent. But it's necessary. If you have the wisdom, it's very necessary to spread it. Be a bodhisattva. You can be our hat later in life. Or whatever you choose is fine, actually. It doesn't matter. Whatever you want to do. And so I started receiving uh, beautiful visions and beautiful astral projection states. But it's not, it's not as though I went from grace to grace, as they said Jesus did. It's always, for most humans, an up-and-down roller coaster ride cycle. How to trans- if I transcend that cycle, which I do know is possible... How I know it is <laughs> beyond me, but 
I know it has to be possible because I've seen it in other reflections of myself in these mystics. When they write, when they speak, I sense they've transcended it. They are able to stay completely aloof despite any circumstance and no matter the time span of which it happens. So even in death, even when they're dying, it's okay. Just another phase, just another event, just another moment in time. For me, right now, I've been very good, very stabilized. And I know I'll be challenged again, and I will be challenged soon. And so I want to stay above it. I want to stay above that tide. And the best way to do so is to be in the body. To be present in awareness. So no, what, no, no matter what happens, you're not in your story mode, in your thought form. You're in the presence of mind. So I continue to meditate and continue to connect with these higher beings in dream states and connect with humanity, these higher vibe people. I listen to them. I talk to them when I can. I don't like schedules, so it's not very often, but when I can, I connect to them. And I see about what I can do in my world to make positive change. And usually, the best thing you can do, if you're in the sort of state as I'm in, is to simply be yourself. To simply, one can say, work on yourself self-care, self-realization. Because once that's achieved, then everything else is automatic. You help people more than you would be helping people if you weren't in that state. So I've realized that this podcast is mostly for myself right now. I'm doing it an expression to reveal my true self, which is already manifest. Basically, art just reveals what is already manifest in oneself. It makes it more clear. Ah, that's who I am. So I'm going to continue doing that. Nothing else I wanted to say. I just wanted to tell that small tale where it you it seems hopeless but then once just a glimmer of light is shown upon the world in terms of knowledge that's all one needs in order to move forward so move forward. Full steam ahead. Let's see how this plays out. And continue to keep that spirit of enlightenment within you. 
so that we may have more enlightenment in the future. Alright, that's it for now. It's a good day. Probably go take a walk, listen to an audiobook, and continue working on my uh, game world tree. Once that's finished, I'm done making video games. I might be done playing video games as well. So that'll be amazing. And I'll just focus on meditation and trust. I haven't had an income yet from any of my work. So it makes me think maybe I don't even need to do it. There's a lot of people out there. I was um, listening to Daniel Scranton. Who channels the ninth dimensional Arcturians. And I was kind of just like admire comparing. Which is never a good thing. It's like wow he can just channel for a living. Must be nice. Must be nice. Channeling just all you gotta do is channel. But we all have our life purpose. Whatever that may be, just know you are loved beyond all imagination. Just know that and you can hold the light for me. Do that for me and I will do it for you. I will hold that light. We'll live in bliss and ecstasy in the now moment. And that now moment will flower into beautiful lotus, rainbow lotus of sorts with sparkling glitter everywhere. Golden lights will descend from heaven. Angelic voices will be echoed across eternity and the earth plane. And everyone will live in a happy, peaceful like world that the hippies envisioned back in the 60s and 70s. So it can happen. It's going to happen. We just have to get through the thick of it now. And um, thank you for listening because it, it helps just listening to this podcast and other like spiritual talks and stuff like that does have an effect on your consciousness. It sort of brings in that state of enlightenment. You uh, move away from the, the violent <laughs> and adversarial forms of media and move towards the light form media it does have an effect all right thanks for listening tune in next time uh if you want to get a hold if you want to get a hold of me jaronfun at gmail.com j-a-r-o-n-f-u-n-d at gmail if you want to be on the podcast or talk about anything i've talked about just leave a comment criticism anything i don't care i would love to give you my perspective thank you and keep within you that spirit of enlightenment mm-hmm.